This episode of Half a Star is sponsored by Discount Valentine's Day Candy. Show the one you love that you're not only thinking of them, but you're fiscally responsible. Today, on a very special episode of Half a Star, we're sitting down with the artistic director of Desert Island Theater Company. Wait, hold on. Ben, that's you. What? I gotta get some notes together. Benton Hartley, artistic director of Desert Island Theater Company. He's sharing a little bit of light and insight on his upcoming project, I Know You, a play that is premiering at the Guild in Charlottetown, February 25th to 27th. What else we got today, Ben? Well, we're going to be interviewing the stars of that show, Justin, Cassinda Bulger and Patrick Jeffrey. And if we're really nice, they might just share a scene with us from the play, too. And maybe if we're super, super good, we'll get a little half a star story from the each of them. The each. You know what I said. <laughs> because this is half a star, where bad ideas make great stories. He's Justin. He's Ben. Take it away, Rob. I don't listen because it's a podcast. But if you feel that you must, here they are then, Ben and Justin. Together they are half of a star. We're back. Yeah, we're back. (laughs) So today on Half a Star, Ben, why didn't you tell me you run a theater company? You know, I just thought I didn't want it to change the nature of our relationship, Justin. I was worried that you might think that you would come out of the woodwork and ask me for money. And the problem with that is I don't have any. Ah, I don't need you. I've got the woodwork. I love the woodwork. But now if you want- Your birdhouses are great. I, all I do every day, uh, listeners, all I do every day, I live in Hamilton. Benton lives in, uh, in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. I spend my days in the woodwork, just whittling on my doorstep, whittling what I see. And one time I whittled an entire theater. And in that theater were about 50 people equally spaced apart so they couldn't like spit on each other or tickle each other socially distanced you might even say you might say and on the stage i I whittled two actors standing side by side each of them holding a script and engraved on the script were the words i know you a new play by benton hartley i'm a very good whittler i whittle what i sees and what what you you sees Yeah, what you see is is the truth, because Justin, I have actually written a play called I Know You that's going to be presented by the Guild at the Guild in Charlottetown, February 25th to 27th at 8 p.m. And it stars two incredible actors, our good friend, we go way back almost a decade now, Mm -hmm. with Cassinda Bulger. And then also a very good friend of ours who you worked with in the Confederation Players. I did not have the the privilege to do so. But uh, he's a great guy. Uh, Patrick Jeffrey is also uh, in the show as well. It's, it's, it's such a wonder. 
a wonder all the things you do ben now whittling aside desert island theater company is the name of uh, your theater company where you produce uh, your, your your new play could you tell us a little bit about what is this company how it started and uh who you think you are well desert island theater company I think is really sort of coming into its own right now as a legitimate entity, because for a few years there, it was sort of just the name that I would do theater under. So when we used to take part in the Island Fringe festivals together and stuff, we would often use my old imprint called the Fantastic Space, but then we realized that that name was terrible. So we uh, <laughs> we, we yeah. rebranded uh, as Desert Island Theater Company. Um, and we basically did, uh, we've done one real show so far, and that was in October of 2019 called Punch Up by Cat Sandler, which is a fantastic script. If you haven't read it, I highly encourage anyone listening to do so. Um, and so that was the first show that we did. And then I went off to Toronto to try to make it as an actor. And then wouldn't you know what the world ended, but now I'm back here where theaters are open. And I thought, you know, it's a good idea to be in PEI right now. At, like passively, but I wanted to make it a good idea actively to be in Charlottetown. So I thought I might as well take advantage of the fact that the theaters are open and, and do something and produce art and engage in my passions again after like a year of not doing so. And uh, this is what came out of it, basically. Nice. Now, listeners, we should clarify Desert Island uh, the Desert Island part of the theater company name that doesn't refer to Prince Edward Island, does it? Not necessarily. I mean, there is a connection there just inevitably from being on PEI and having the word island in the title. Mm. Um, but the, the real idea behind the title of the theater company is that I'm very interested in the idea of what is necessary in theater. And so you see a lot of plays out there that they've got like the sound show and the light show and big fancy costumes and sets and that's all great if you have the budget to do it, but I know myself well enough to know that it's going to be quite a long time until I do. And so I sort of started thinking about if I washed up on the shore of a desert island tomorrow and knew that I had to put a play on, what would be necessary? And what would be necessary is a script and actors. And that's what I try to present to the audience. And I can see you laughing at me because you're probably thinking about the ridiculousness of having to put a play on in a desert island. But like, it's a thought exercise, Justin. So why don't you just go fuck yourself? I, I want to encounter what the, how those stakes would come to be. You've washed up on a desert island and you have to put on a play. I feel like there's another beat that lives in between putting on another play and washing up. Well, no, it's it's because it's because you have to fundraise right to be able to pay for the boat home. Right. It's a fundraiser. You invite all your friends and family who happen to also be on the island. Right. Yeah, no, so like 60 people wash up on shore and only four people get to do the play. The other 56 have to watch and pay for it. They got to pay. There's a monkey in a wig. It's uh, <laughs> handing out handing out beverages that are in uh, coconuts. Yeah. Uh, my proposed name was Gilligan's Island Theater Company, but uh, <laughs> that, uh, that wasn't going to fly. Well, I'm I'm so happy that you're doing stuff. You're making the best of your your time on Prince Edward Island, embracing the the culture and the landscape that's around you, using it to build your own art. Good stuff, and you've got two 
bona fide actors working with you. Cassinda, who is a, a staple to the island theater scene, and Patrick Jeffrey, who, uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I used to work with with the Confederation players, listeners. Uh, Confederation players in the early 2010s was acquired by the Confederation Center of the Arts, and they made it their mission to retell the story of the Fathers of Confederation the best way they knew how. That was hiring some drunken college students to act it out as best as they could on the province house lawn. And if that's not the way history is meant to be told, then what what are we doing? As a society, how far have we fallen if we're too good to do that? Like, my God. And of course, you can't have it be boring. You got to have a clown in there, someone to dress up as a clown from 1864, walking around the streets of Charlottetown, not just dressed as a clown, but a clown from 1864. And... We had to go around. You, you've you done the job before too, Ben, right? I have. Yep. Yes. Yep. And you have to pretend it's 1864 every day. Every person you greet. Oh, hello there. It's 1864. A good day. Mighty hot for September. Of 1864. Of 1864. Yes. This is my wife, Mrs. 1864. <laughs> she has six kids and is 21 years old. <laughs> Oh, this is the littlest one, little baby, little baby, 1864. What's your favorite color, little 1864? 1864. Oh, how cute. How cute. So this is the job Patrick and I used to do, uh, I guess, close to a decade ago now. And he's he just graduated from the National Theatre School of Canada, my alma mater. Uh, and now he gets to work with you and our dear yeah. friend, Cassinda. It's been an absolute treat having them both here. I mean, PEI is in a really interesting position because there were a lot of people in the theater industry from here mm-hmm. that had since like moved to Toronto or Montreal or in your case, Hamilton, and tried to make a go of it in the professional sphere from those places. And since the pandemic has hit, many of those people have come back. And so now the the concentration of talent in Charlottetown year round right now is unlike anything I think the island has seen before in in a lot of ways. It's it's just another way that these times are unprecedented. And so there really is an embarrassment of riches in terms of theatrical talent on PEI right now. So it's, it's paradoxically a very good time to be producing theater. You heard it here first, folks. Benton Hartley is an embarrassment of riches. Aren't you glad I said of riches? I am. If this were a year ago, I would have just been telling everyone how you're an embarrassment, how you're pathetic, and uh, no one will ever love you. But now, riches. Of riches. Of riches. Yeah. We we got there. We got there. But you... Uh, you've been working on this play. You've been uh, directing these two great actors. Um, I've been nothing but nice to you since the day I've met you, Ben. I'm wondering if you can treat me with a little scene from this play. I think you owe me that much. I would love to. Uh, let's throw it over to the uh, to the actors now to give us a little taste of this scene. It's a scene... It takes place in a restaurant on a first date between the two main characters. They've just reconnected after years away from each other, and they're just trying to get to know each other again after a little while, uh, a little time away, I guess you could say. 
This is I Know You, written and directed by Benton Hartley at the Desert Island Theater Company. To what? Two first dates, two years in the making. So this is a date? I don't know. I mean, what's a date? Two people who like each other, spending time together, uh, dinner, gifts. Wow. <laughs> so we both like each other, huh? So you like me? I, I didn't say that. So you don't like me? I didn't say that either. Man, this appears strong. Uh, is it hot in here? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, do you want this to be a date? I, I don't know. I, no. I mean, I gotta say, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard. Oh, good. But only if we, as you say, both like each other. You're actually gonna make me say it. I'm not gonna make you do anything you don't wanna do. It's not a matter of me. Watching you squirm is fun too, though. I'll bet. Okay, all right, fuck it. Yes, uh, I thought that was obvious. Obvious can be relative, obviously. <laughs> so? Hmm? Tabitha. What? Now would be the time where you would usually say something similar to what I just said. Oh, right. You're actually killing me right now. I'm still here, aren't I? What does that mean? It means you're very likable to the right person. What does that mean? I'm sure you can figure it out. You're evil. Is that why you like me? Stop. Hey, why, why do you like me, Hoy? Oh, this is my nightmare right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, do you want to do this again sometime? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. That sounds nice. For real. Shit, I um I gotta go. I was supposed to finish writing this short story and I'm I'm way behind schedule now. Uh thank you, thank you for the book. I'll text you. Sure. Hey, um if we're gonna try this for real, I, I it's, just it's wanna... fine, Paul. Everything is fine. You don't even know what I was gonna say. The past is the past. Everything is good. Okay, great. Because I'm different now. I've changed. We both have. Oh my goodness. That was a great scene. Great job. The both of you. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite scenes in the play. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Nice. What inspired this, Ben? Like your whole vision of the of the story. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was hanging out in Toronto when the pandemic first hit. And you know how like you don't really notice what you have until you can't have it anymore. And so I was sitting there alone in my bedroom, realizing that I didn't really feel like I had many personal connections left in my life if I couldn't go out and see people. So I started thinking about like the nature of human connection and that sort of stuff. And I started writing a play about it. And I had just read the novel Normal People by Sally Rooney. And this play basically ended up being my reaction and my response to that book. Uh, that was a big inspiration for me. And if someone wasn't able to go out and see your play happening February 25th to the 27th at the Guild in Charlottetown, if you couldn't make it, is there a way you could watch an adaptation of uh, the book? What's it called? Normal People? Normal People, yeah. Yeah. How might one go about watching that? Well, Justin, I'm so glad you asked. Um, it's currently streaming on CBC Gem. Oh. That is CBC G-E-M. Nice. We'll have to check out the CBC that Ben has uh, been going on about. Well, it sounds like you've got quite the show. Uh, I, for one, 
I want to know a little bit more about your actors in this show. I want to hear their half star stories. But mm-hmm. before we get to that, before we get to the half star ooey gooey goodness that makes up the creamy nougat of our show, were it a candy bar, mm-hmm. we got to talk. We got to talk about our sponsor. Oh, of course, absolutely. Yeah. We got to talk about Hub of the Hammer Event Planning. They're a company that exists right here in Hamilton where I live and breathe and work. And it's a company, they go out to their living room, to their computer, and they engage with an audience using the internet. Now, before the pandemic, they used to go out and put on big festivals, big shows, big events. We can't do that right now. That it, it, it's, it's borderline insane to think you could do that right now. I'm looking at you. Vince McMahon, but luckily Hub of the Hammer event planning, they're going about it in a safe way. They're producing online events. You got trivia, you got comedy, you've got other things. I think they want to start doing a cocktail hour online. Like a Zoom happy hour type of thing. Yeah. 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 And they support local businesses, local uh, uh, organizations, little little shopkeeps, people who whittle uh, on the street corner. They support them. Hub of the Hammer is really great. So go check them out on Facebook. Visit them, hubofthehammer.ca on the internet. Google it. You find it. Uh, And if you want to book an event with them, check it out because you might end up getting a little old me. That's right. I I work with Hub of the Hammer. I'm one of their their hosts, one of their entertainers. So I'd love to visit you virtually and entertain you for... uh, 30 to 75 minutes. Well, and it's interesting, Justin, because I've been in attendance at a couple of your comedy from home Hmm. presentations. And uh, it really is, it's sort of bringing back a feel of normalcy. And I I felt like, even though it was still in my own living room, I felt like I had to get dressed up and I, you know, had to put pants on and shower and, and like make a night out of it. So it was nice to feel like I had something to anchor my week to. So uh, I would highly recommend that, uh, that experience to anybody who is looking for something to do to kind of stave off the doom scrolling as it were. Thank you for that glowing endorsement, Ben, of both me, but really Hub of the Hammer event planning. So check it them out. It was definitely more Hub of the Hammer than Justin. Fair, so, yeah. fine, fair, 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 fair. Now we want to know what are these half a star stories that our guests, our actors in your play, what are the, what do they got? Uh, ben, what even is a half a star story? It's been so long since we've done a proper episode. Yeah, I think it's important to touch base about this, Justin. So you and I discuss the show Half a Star as a celebration of stupidity. And what we're really interested in is our guests delving into that vulnerable place and recalling a time where they made a terrible decision. Ah, And as it. we know... Oftentimes those terrible decisions can really lead to a beautiful story. It doesn't necessarily have to turn out well, but it doesn't have to turn out badly either. It's just one of these things, you know, before COVID, you'd be sitting around a table at a bar, you're a couple of drinks deep and you're just talking to people about something and you want to you want to bond with people over the um the sublime stupidity of things that have happened in your life. And so there's a beautiful sharing aspect to this that we're really interested in. And if you had to review that event in your life, that choice, that thing that you encountered, if you had to give it a star rating, this wouldn't even get a full star. This is a half star 
story, event, idea, experience, and we want to know. Now, Ben, we should we should let our listeners in on a little secret. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we, that's, it's about time. This is uh, this episode is built on two recordings. We had one where it's just Ben and I just goofing, just as we do, catching up, and we had a second recording with our guests. Uh, now. In the room, in the recording room, it was uh, Benton Hartley, co-host and uh, director of I Know You, as well as actors Cassinda Bulger and Patrick Jeffrey in one room and uh, sharing one microphone. And then there was me in the comfort of my uh, my studio in my, uh, in my shed uh, next to my whittling equipment. Now, just from observation of uh, seeing where they were recording, I would assume it was the largest building in charlottetown spacious (laughs) fully echoed no headphones uh i don't want to ask for forgiveness for the audio quality because the quality of these stories from these guests Mm -hmm. trump production value are we allowed to say that word now what trump trump are we allowed to say that word now this is our first post-trump episode Hey, congratulations. We made it. We made it. Holy shit. No wonder I feel better about life. I feel like I've lost like 340 pounds. That's I'm guessing yeah. that's how much he weighs. <laughs> <laughs> I should clarify. This is a non-visual medium. Uh, uh, listeners, you could think uh, that I actually did lose 340 pounds. Let it be clear that I am uh, I am. Sc- I look like I've been whittled from the finest oak. Just want to say lots of abs, muscles. Yeah. Great beard. Uh, a Van Dyke, actually. Yeah. Really luscious mustache. Very, very luscious. But enough of that. Enough of that goofiness. Let's have a listen to the half a star stories of Cassinda and Patrick. So, Patrick, I got to say, Pardon my French, but you're a looker, I think. You could be the long-lost Trudeau son, for all I know. I, if you told me your last name was Trudeau, I'd believe it. I got to know, do you have a half-a-star dating story or a romantic story? Something mm, that sizzles. Ooh, that's just right, baby. The Patrick Jeffrey half-a-star romantic extravaganza. Go. Yeah, uh, this is not a romantic story, but I do. Uh, thank you, Justin. Um, okay, so um, I wish this was a romantic story. That would be so great. But it's oh, not. it's it's okay with or without romance, as it long is, it as is. it sizzles. If it sizzles, yeah. I'll feel romantic. Okay, so I went I went out to the club, you know, one night <laughs> at Peaks, right? Yes. <laughs> I was at Peaks. Oh man, it was great, you know, dancing around all those bars. Oh, the party, yeah, tequila, whatever. And so I started dancing with this girl. I'm like, oh, like she's really cute. Like she likes me. This is awesome. So we're like dancing together. We're getting really close and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. Maybe we'll go home later. This is so good. And so once the night ends, everybody just starts trickling away. All my friends that I came with, they're gone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, like I'm gonna go home. I'm, I'm fine. I got a place to, I got a place to stay tonight. And so I, I follow her uh, all the way to her house. I walk her home. I don't follow her to her house. <laughs> I, I walked her home and it was like really nice and cute. I was trying to be romantic and stuff. 
And I fully thought that like, she even gave me the clues of just like, yeah, like, let's, let's go back to my house. Cause she was like, Hey, will you walk me home? I was like, cool. Yeah, sure. So we get back to her place. It's, it's like further than that golf course that like Belvedere golf course. It's like far as far. Wow. I walk her all the way down there. And then I like, we get to her front door. It's like her parents' house. And she's like, thanks for walking me home. She doesn't even kiss me goodnight or anything. She goes inside and closes the door and they're like, oh no. I don't have a phone at this point because I had been rocking this old Blackberry and it was just like dead. And so I, I walked back to downtown and I couldn't get through to my friends. And so I went to my friend's house and I buzzed the buzzer, nobody answered. So I was like, fuck, oh my God. Okay, so I had to find a place to sleep. And so basically uh, because I uh, just got really cocky and stupid, I slept in my truck that night. I slept in my, my dad's truck that I brought to town. It was parked in a parking lot. And the morning after I woke up and I realized, oh my God, last night I was so drunk, I peed my pants. <laughs> oh my God. Pants. And so I took my pants off because it was so cold and wet. And I, I just cranked up the, the, the heat. It was in the summer, but it was still so, so cold because it was the morning. Cranked up the heat. I get outside the truck and I go and I like, oh my God, I have to still have to pee. So I peed in front of the building that I was parked in front of and, and I hear the truck door click and I'm like, okay, no, okay. No, uh, no. Okay. So I, 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 I'm in my underpants, right? And I take out my shirt to go sleep. And so I went back to the car door. I went back to the door of my truck and I tried to open it and the door locked. Okay. The door locked. I went around to the passenger side. That door was locked. I went to the back, you know, where the windows slide on a, on a truck. Those, those windows were locked. I was standing there. The truck was idling. I was standing there. <laughs> the, the, the heat was blasting. I was trying to like, I was, it was probably seven in the morning. I was like, I, I was beside myself. I've never been that desperate in my life. So I, I, I picked up a rock from my truck and I, I held it to the front window of the truck. And I was about to smash the fucking window because I was so, I was so beside myself. And I just, took a deep breath, I dropped the rock. I think I wept a little. And then I went, I went, this was on Pondle Street, okay? Yeah. I went and I, 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 I just went to the, the, the sidewalk on Pondle Street. I looked around for a person. I am in my fucking tiny whiteies. It's probably 10 years ago. I look around, I'm looking for somebody, anybody with a cell phone that I could call my dad to come and bring me the extra key. This woman is walking, she's walking her dog and she sees me and she looks down and I say, ma'am, 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 ma'am. Can I borrow your phone? She doesn't even like flinch. She doesn't flinch. She doesn't do anything. She gives you her phone. So I call my dad. I can't get through my dad. So I call my grandparents. <laughs> and my grandma picks up the phone and I say, hey, can you get through to dad? I, I can't get to him. I just need him to drop off a key uh, on Pondle Street. And she's like, sure. Basically, a half an hour later, my father, my grandmother, <laughs> and my grandfather all drive up. They get to the truck where I'm at. I'm sitting on the tail bed, just like, just, shivering. just, just like, shivering in my tidy whiteies. Like I see them and I'm just so ashamed. And we all drive. Well, yeah, my dad and I drive home and my grandparents drive home. And I didn't talk. I didn't say one word to my dad as we were going home. As we pulled into our driveway, we both just started laughing. And I like, we never talked about it again. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's thank you so much. <laughs> I'm sorry that was long. No, that's no, long. no. no. See, in terms of guest half a star stories, Justin, especially with multiple guests, this has got to be up there. 
Um, now, Cassinda, do you yeah. happen to have a half a star story that is perhaps a little spicy, romantic, or saucy oh, even? Boy, do I. Um, right off the bat, however, I would like to <laughs> take this time to fully admit that the half star that I'm giving this story comes from my side of things, uh, and it was entirely my fault. Okay. Um, so a little while ago, uh, in 2014, I moved to China to be a, an English teacher for a little bit, um, stayed there for a few months and then moved home. Uh, but not before I met Ian, uh, another teacher at the school. Um, he was very, very nice, very tall, very funny. Uh, and we got along really quickly. Um, and uh, one night, a couple months in, I think it must have been like three months into me being in China, um, we all, all of the English teachers went to a bar together, uh, a bar called Soho. Uh, we got shit-faced. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you can't really, it's, where we were you can't really find weed in china but we did have hash so <laughs> we were <laughs> yeah um uh so we were smoking that too so we were having a great time uh and the bar like the it was a club it was it wasn't just a bar it was a club and they had like this like pretty nice stage there too that was like just a, maybe like two feet up from the floor it wasn't a huge stage but um, you know, people would make their way onto state to the stage and dance there and stuff. So like somehow, eventually through the night, we made our way there, and then we started making out, uh, and that was that was great. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, and then afterward, we went to um, something. It's a, a like a street barbecue called Shao Kao, and we were all just like uh, having a couple beers and eating some food, and then. Um, we got into a street brawl. <laughs> um, so <laughs> one of my friends said something pretty insulting to uh, one of the guys that was just like there chatting. Um, and then they started getting into a fight. And then the beer bottles in China um, for the like the very popular beer Qingdao, they're maybe a little smaller, but about the same size as wine bottles in Canada. In the U.S. and those started getting chucked at us like full bottles of beer um and eventually we calmed down with my very limited mandarin I was like no no we're sorry no we're sorry please we're sorry and that's pretty much all I could say uh and then eventually one of the guys was just like okay get out of here and we we left and we're like oh my god that was insane and after that we went back to Ian's place uh <laughs> and um we, you know, we were uh, having a good time fooling around. And uh, then I, uh, <laughs> I capped off the night uh, in my, uh, I guess we'll call it wisdom of uh, not wanting to go too far into things being like, I have to cut this off. I really have to pee. <laughs> and, then I, <laughs> and then I left. What you walked out? Yeah, he was like, <laughs> "Did you go to the bathroom? You just left the apartment." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we like we never brought it up again. He was very nice about it, but uh, yeah, 
Okay. Okay. So I, again, I was very drunk and um and like pretty high. So he was very understanding. Um, I just want to point out that Justin, you and I have been friends with Kasinda for like ten or eleven years now. Yes. And I've never heard that story before. That's the first time I've ever told anyone that story. <laughs> Kasinda, can you join our podcast? This is like this is like sure. that's easily wow. That's Ben and I talk about season one of Half a Star quite uh, quite frequently because we love talking about ourselves. And we often consider what was our favorite stories um, uh, from that season. And I mean, Bradford Montague was a great guest. He had a, he had a wild story. Dan Hendrickson, PEI comedian, he had a very repulsive story. Adam Perry, he's a, his last episode is the thing of epicness. Cassinda, I think you might have cracked the top five. Yeah, that had everything. It had romance. It had violence. It had toilet humor. Drugs. It had drugs. and it's international so that's international you know diversity our way into the asian continent finally finally we'll crack that market (laughs) cassandra and patrick have been so kind and gracious to share their half a star romantic story that is a vulnerable thing that they just did listeners there's a lot of vulnerability in sharing uh embarrassment shame ridiculousness and we applaud that but ben i think we got to Give them a receipt. Have do you have do you have any half a star romantic uh, uh, blunders, if you will? Oh, dude, I got a I got a list, uh, and I think I am gonna just go ahead and I'm just gonna tell you the number one one that keeps me up at night every so often. And I think you already know what I'm gonna say because we talk about it quite frequently when I'm in one of my moods where I just message you and talk about all my regrets. <laughs> Um, but quite similar to Kasinda's story, this one is entirely a half a star because of my actions in this moment. Um, and so, yeah, uh, there was a, a woman in my life who I considered a very good friend of mine. Um, and it turns out that she was, you know, harboring some feelings that I was not aware of. Um, and she decided uh, eventually that enough was enough and wanted to tell me. And so uh, taking me completely off guard and I felt uh, very odd about it. Um, And I, in the moment, just kind of said, oh, um, thank you. Oh man, feelings are feelings, huh? And, And like to put this in perspective, this was like after like four years of her like being around me and like seeing me trying to date other people and me going to her and like using her as emotional support because I like we were friends and like all of that stuff. And I just, you know, I I still think about that to this day and I feel terrible uh, about it. And I don't want to name names because I would feel terrible about it even more. But uh, if you're listening to this and you know who you are, uh, I'm sorry about that. That was terrible. Do you know if they're still single? Uh, I know that they're not. Are you willing to fight, Ben? Like, Kasinda was ready to rumble in her story. I'm just saying. Yeah. If well, now I with say, What I would say to that, Justin, is um, if Kasinda has a hookup on those beer bottles, uh, you never know. Well, I'm just saying, what I'm, what I'm getting at here is, it sounds like you have a reflected wisdom that clearly has influenced your writing. You've written a play about relationships. 
And now you're looking back at your past actions. Obviously, you know, it was a mistake. It could have been handled better. But my question is, what if she was the one? Go get her. Hey, Jude. Um, Go. I, I appreciate the sentiment, Justin. Uh, I don't think that's the right course of action. Well, frig. Um, I've got my own half a star uh, romantic story. It's a first date story, actually. Um, it happened um, at the University of Prince Edward Island. Uh, ben and I were uh, living together. We we're in a, a Blanchard dorm room. And he told me, um, he said, I've got a date tonight. And I was like, really? I was so excited for him. And I said, what, uh, what's your plan? Wait a second. This is a half a star dating story about me. Um, Ben, I believe I was respectful enough. I didn't interrupt your story <laughs> and I didn't interrupt anyone else's. So I, I just, I hope to get it in turn. So I said, congratulations, Ben, you have a date. That is um, commendable. Uh, what do you, what's your plan for the date? He's like, oh, I don't know. Um, maybe she can just, maybe she can just come over and we can hang out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can. And he asked, and Ben asked, well, what are, what are you doing? Referring to me. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't have any plans. He's like, do you want to, do you want to be part of, do you want to like hang out with us? Wait, is this a threesome story? (laughs) No. (laughs) And so, uh, what happened listeners was, uh, I was on Ben's first date with him. We stayed in our Blanchard residence apartment. We watched Moonstruck, a great movie. Uh, we wanted snacks though. We went to Bulk Barn and uh, <laughs> we each got some snacks. Uh, ben didn't pay for mine, which was suspicious. He did spend about $17 on Skittles for this person. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, that was the strangest first date I've ever been on because I was dating neither of them. Although I have not been with any partner longer than I've known and been friends with Ben. So in a way, it's like we're together. Um, that did get oddly sweet near the end of it, but I did hate every second of that. Uh, so I like, loved it. It was uh, it's uh, it's like Troy Barnes on Community. He's like, at first I was like, oh no, but then I was like, this is a story. Yeah. <laughs> I knew as it was happening, I was like, in eleven years' time, this is going to be a podcast. So <laughs> that was Cassinda and Patrick from Benton Hartley's upcoming play. I know you, presented by the Guild. You can go see it at uh, the Guild on February 25th, 26th, or 27th, 8 p.m. showtime. Tickets are $20. You want they're moving g- fast. Yeah. They're moving fast, so make sure to grab them while you can. You want to get down there, call ahead, give them a little dingle on the telephone, call ahead so you're not stuck outside waiting for tickets, and then only to boo-hoo be told no tickets. Yeah. You don't and want I that. just want to say... I want to say too that this it's been a while since we've done an episode of this show and the two our two guests today really gave it 
They Those stories it. were incredible. They gave it. They, I, I'm, we didn't even tell them they were going to be sharing half a star stories. We just wanted them to do the scene. And then we just mm -hmm. flung it on them. Just, and somehow they managed to both be urine related. They, hmm. There's, we should do a spreadsheet of which of our half star stories have to do with bodily functions of some kind. Yeah. And if anything, listeners, it should tell you that it's just, we're just bodies. We're just hunks of meat and goo inside with brains in our heads, just rolling around the universe. We have nothing to be ashamed of for what our bodies are and what we do. Never be ashamed. This Own is, your um, half star experiences. This is Justin's audition for cool guidance counselor in all teen dramas. I'm a, I'm also recording this sitting on my chair backwards. Uh, <laughs> and in, he's got you can't see this, but he's got hand puppets. Hand puppets. Uh, one of them's holding a little sign that says "Let's rap." Uh, <laughs> I'm making aggressive eye contact with Andy in the front row who's wearing a, a denim vest with a black beanie on and he's got his arms crossed like, what? You don't know me. My parents are getting a divorce. And I'm like, just open up, Andy. Open up. This has been another episode of Half a Star. It's been great having you here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. All right, Ben, let's say the thing. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been Half a Star. I want to thank Justin, as always, for co-hosting with me. I want to thank Cassinda and Patrick for stopping by and telling us Half a Star stories that I didn't even expect to have to tell today. And yeah, wash your hands, wear a mask, don't go to the park, Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter. Have a great day.